0: One very short, three-letter word can change everything. We're starting our summer 2020 series, The Strong and Unshakable Kingdom, and we often say around here that a piece of what coming to church is, is that we take our eyes off of all the things that are wrong in the world, and in our lives, and our circumstances, and we lift our eyes to look at all that's right with God. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We are acknowledging that we live on this earth in these circumstances, and we belong to the kingdom of heaven. This week, next week, I'm going to go into a very obscure story from the Old Testament. But I think it's very relevant, so that's why we're going there. But in the book of 2 Kings, so there's 1 Kings and 2 Kings, and it's, a story of the history of Israel and its kings. So in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5 is found this story about the man named Naaman. So I want to tell his story, and then I want to look at that teeny tiny word and consider it for our lives now. So the story begins by introducing us to this guy Naaman. And Naaman was the commander of the army of Aram. And Aram is the kingdom to the north of Israel, and they were much more powerful than Israel, and they were often trying to come in and invade and take over Israel. So, makes you wonder, why is this story in the book of Israel's book of kings? But nevertheless, this is the story. And Naaman was a great man. He was highly regarded. And the scriptures actually say that the Lord... His favor was on Naaman, and that's how he won all these victories. The Lord was with Naaman and gave victory to Aram. Which again, what is going on? This is the book of Israel's kings, and we have another king and his commander of his army and makes us wonder what's going on. Tiny comment, maybe God's kingdom is bigger than we think. Well, finally, we get to the teensy-tiny three-letter word, Says about Naaman, he was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. He had leprosy. He was a great man, but. So, next we're introduced to a nameless young servant girl. And this girl was born and raised in Israel until raiders. From Aram came down and captured her and took her back and made her a slave. She became the servant to Naaman's wife. And if Naaman's problem was that he had leprosy, this girl's problem was that she was stolen from her home and her family and made a slave in a foreign country. But she showed kindness to her master. She tells her mistress, If only my master would go to the prophet in Samaria, my home country. He would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman takes this information and and believes it. So he goes to the king of Aram and says, you know, this is what I hear. And the king says, oh, great, here, take all these chariots and horses and all this gold and silver and all these gifts. You go and check it out. And I'm also going to write a letter to the king of Israel. I'm going to say, hey, I'm sending you my servant Naaman. He has leprosy. Please cure him. And so Naaman goes and he shows up in grandeur in his huge entourage. And when the king of Israel sees this entourage coming from the enemy country, and when he gets the letter that says, Please cure my servant of leprosy, the king of Israel is terrified. He's terrified. You've got to wonder, was this a joke from the king of Aram? Was he sincere? Was he picking a quarrel with me and trying to start a war? How is he supposed to cure the uncurable leprosy? Well, word gets out to the prophet of God, Elisha, and Elisha says, "Ah, send the man to me and I will show him that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman arrives at the prophet's Elisha's door, and Elisha sends out his servant to Naaman with a message. Go dip seven times in the Jordan River, and you will be cleansed. And here I want to shift to actually reading the exact response that is reported of Naaman. Here's what 2 Kings 5, verse 11 says about Naaman's response. But Naaman went away angry. He went away angry and he said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off In a rage. This teensy tiny word but changed everything for Naaman. You know, he was a great man. It says that even the Lord was with him to give him victory. You know, that is true. He was a great man. And in the plot twist, in the sudden contrast, it is also true but he had leprosy. Naaman was now facing these two realities, great man, great circumstances, and leprosy. Two realities, you know, before leprosy and after leprosy. You know, the kingdom of Naaman's circumstances was beginning to unravel, and he was hanging on to his past, hoping so much to get back to that. You know, a friend of me, mine told me about his company, you know, coming into his office and cutting him and telling him of all these other people who they have to cut and they lose their job. And this friend reported that Corona got super real for me. I just am so caught up by this idea that yes, Corona was real before, but maybe it was an inconvenience. It was a little bit far off. But when he lost his job, it became personal. It was real. It was his own. And even as we enter into the story of Naaman, it might feel like Naaman is far away in history. You know, leprosy, I don't even know what that word means. It's distant. It's not touching my personal experience. And so we need to do a little bit of work to enter into this story to pull our own experiences in and understand the depth. So here's Naaman, trying to live his old life as a great man, not accepting his new life as a leper, trying to solve the leprosy problem, and trying to get back to being a great man. So leprosy. Leprosy. Leprosy refers to a variety of infectious skin diseases. Um, Back in the past, in those days, leprosy was very contagious. There was no cure. And the way that it was dealt with was social isolation. Here's what the law of God says in Leviticus to do when you have a skin disease. So Leviticus chapter 13 says, Anyone... With such a defiling disease, must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone, they must live outside the camp. And I imagine. This makes way more sense to us today. Because of our COVID experiences, we can pull our experiences into understanding what it meant to be a leper who was socially isolated and set apart. So even in very small ways, we are becoming acquainted with the pain of social isolation. And maybe in the past few months, you've experienced this. You're walking down the sidewalk and somebody approaches you and they veer off the safety of the sidewalk out into the street where they could get hit by a car in order to walk by you. Or maybe in less dramatic fashion, you're walking along and they approach you and they have their mask down and they pull their mask up as they pass by you. In these small ways, we feel that ouch of social isolation, that ouch of you could be dangerous, the, the suspicion There's pain in our experience right now. And it's hard not to take those actions personally. Well, Naaman, he was a great man, highly regarded. But he had leprosy. I want to ask you, what is your experience of that teensy, tiny conjunction, but? What's your experience of but? You know, my life was going this way, but then everything changed. You know, my neighbor across the street over here uh, is a great lacrosse player, and it was his senior year this year, and he just graduated. And, you know, he was looking forward so much to this year where he would, you know, demonstrate all his abilities playing lacrosse and the future he hoped for in college but they canceled all the games. Or my niece, all set to go to Africa with the Peace Corps this fall, but she was diagnosed with a bee sting allergy, couldn't go. Or the all-too-common story right now of, I was doing a job that I liked, but my boss came in and said, we are shutting everything down. Like Naaman, we all have our own stories of life was going this way, but... and everything changed. And like Naaman, we often press into solving that problem to get back to life as we knew it, get back to normal, get back to the life we liked. Even if it was crummy, we want to get back to it because it's better knowing that than the unknown future of what this problem could be. Naaman was trying to reestablish his kingdom on earth. But I wonder if the invitation, God's nudging in this story, is not to return to life and the circumstances that we know, but perhaps God is inviting us to take a different path. God might be inviting us to leave some things behind in order to pick up on his path, take hold of God's plans. You know, rather than reestablishing our life and circumstances here on earth, why not establish our life in the unshakable kingdom of God? That nameless young servant girl, she was living in the unshakable kingdom of God. You know, her problem was that she was stolen from her home and her family, made into a slave. You know, no comment is made about her, but we can maybe expect something she might be thinking. We might expect that as this person who's been made a slave, she might be the person who would say, I was stolen, taken into captivity, made into a slave, and I am bitter, I am angry, I'm upset, and I'm seeking revenge. You know, we might fill in the story a little bit and expect this girl to say something like, ooh, I hear the whispering of my master, the secret disease. Well, I'm glad you got that. Because, look, you took me away from my family and home. I hope they push you away in the same way from your family and home. Those are the things we might expect. But she does something unexpected. She showed kindness. You know, she speaks up to share some information that she could have kept to herself. You know, she shows up by by generously offering some information rather than seeking revenge. The young girl was living in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. She had a greater hope than her circumstances. I mean, she believed that even though God has not yet rescued her from her slavery, God could, and God could heal her master. So Naaman takes this girl's suggestion, and he arrives at the prophet Elisha's door, and he arrives as Naaman the Great with, with horses and chariots and gold and gifts and Just He is the commander of the army. He is great. And Elisha receives him like he's a leper. Elisha doesn't even go out to greet him. I mean, I suppose that's what you do. If you hear that somebody who's a leper is coming to your house, you would send out your servant to greet them. So Elisha sends his servant with a message, And Naaman is angry. He's angry. And he says, I thought, I thought all these things. I thought I was great. You know, Naaman still thought he was the great man. And he had not yet lived into the full experience and reality that he was a leper. You know, he thought he should be greeted according to his position as the victorious commander of the army. And he was insulted when Elisha didn't even come out to greet him. You know, he thought that there would be this grand show and spectacle that the great prophet would come out and and wave over the wound and, and would, like, cure him in front of all of his friends. And he was insulted when he was told to go dip in a dirty river. He thought he deserved better. He was insulted. He got angry, and he went off in a rage. I want to ask you, what have you thought? You know, what have you thought about your circumstances? Thought about what you deserve? Thought about what you are better than? Or thought about you fill in that blank? And there's much grace here because we are all in process on this. And maybe on the other side, what have you thought about being a beloved child of God, living in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. You know, have you thought, I am loved. I'm cared for. I'm provided for. I'm safe and secure. I've been forgiven. I have this like stored up in heaven reality that is mine. Have you thought, God has given me And now I can give. What have you thought? Next week, we will pick up with Naaman once again. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we turn our eyes to you to fix our eyes, not on what is here in our circumstances, but to fix our eyes on you. We put our whole selves into your care. We live with you in your strong and unshakable kingdom. Amen.